Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think that the bigger the nostrils you have, the more likely it is to catch the corona? No. Because we were, do you remember when we were at that restaurant a couple weeks ago? Yes. That guy had a huge schnoz. <laughs> okay. And all I could wonder was, A, where would you get a a mask to cover something that big? And B, there's a lot of airflow going up there. Do you think the bigger the mouth you have, the more likely it is that you'll contract coronavirus? <laughs> we better hope not. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So, last week, we did a show which turned out, I almost called to the stations and said, scrap it. Okay, which, by the way, since we've forgotten the last two times... We've breached 250 episodes. What is this, 253 now? 252? 252. I guess we'll have to do something big and exciting for 300. Right, since we totally Maybe we can that. get that 300 guy, Gerard Butler, to come on the show. Good luck with that. Why? I'm not going to say no. I will be ecstatic about that, but good luck with that. I think you should. It's in the title. Right. And then maybe we can get like a 300-pound kitten. Like an owner of a 300-pound cat, like the world's biggest cat. Okay. Everything has to be 300-something. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, back to last week. Right. So we did our show about... School. Schools, how, quite frankly, we think they need to reopen. Um, but it was more about the mask wearing. Correct. And apparently that was way controversial... Um, and it was negated by the time this show aired, it was already mandatory or would be mandatory because it came out Friday, I think, of last week. Right. That it was not technically mandatory until Monday. Okay. But the debate... No. So I was reading the order the other day. It wasn't mandatory for a business to enforce it until Monday. Monday. Correct. But it was mandatory for people to wear it starting Friday. Oh, okay. See, I missed that. Yeah, I did too. That explains why Meyer wouldn't let me in on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. We went home. I got a mask. I came back. So a few things to that. I was reading an article. Actually, it was an email from... Um, we've got three locations, my business, mm-hmm. in West Michigan here. 
and we we own two of them, but we rent one. And I thought this was really insightful. I got an email from the building that we rent from in Norton Shores, and they said, "Here's the order. Here's what uh, you know what we're supposed to do." Right. But if you're not wearing a mask, we're not going to ask you about it because health it violates your HIPAA rights. Right. You know, and I thought that was a great thing. I mean, there's still going to be people when you go out in public that you see not wearing a mask. Correct. I mean, let's be serious. I've been to Meyer twice since the thing came out on mm-hmm. Friday. Both times I had my mask with me. Both times I get into the store, it's no holds bar after that. I mean... There were people walking around who had their masks shoved down, so it wasn't even covering their face. There were people who didn't even have it on. They were carrying it around. Really? I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess it's only enforced at the door, and then they don't care. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I think it's important to... Here's the deal. We all... The last week's show was intended to be about liberties. And where this goes wrong is when we try to... I mean. When you try to enforce this on somebody that you don't know, because they may have some type of health problem. I get it. You see some young athletic person, you're like, what health problem do you have? But you know what? It's not your right to ask them. You're wearing a mask. Correct. And the, the argument, and I hate these slippery slope arguments, but the argument that we were trying to make last week was this. The premise here is is twofold the way I see it and I hear it. Mm-hmm. It's A, if it saves one life, it's worth it. Correct. And it's B, we don't want our health systems to get overwhelmed. Right. But at least in Michigan, I was talking to, I talked to several people about this pretty much every day this week and last week and, and I've got quite a few clients that are in the um, healthcare they're not overwhelmed. They're not even on the precipice Correct. of being overwhelmed. They're not even on the path that they can see of getting overwhelmed. Right. So the real issue here, and it sounds like the issue with the, um, I didn't watch it, but from what you were telling me with Tom Izzo saying wear a mask. Right. It was basically today's press conference was let's get the most popular people in Michigan right now to just come out and say wear a mask. Well, so we can the- all go back to normal life they didn't get the most popular i didn't hear about harba or uh howard they weren't on there nope no way to make it divisive but hold on i got no you gotta say what Izzo had to stand in the middle of a bunch of university of michigan doctors that and all of them had (laughs) u of m masks he had to have broken out in hives after that press conference (laughs) but so we're not on that precipice though of getting overwhelmed so the argument right now is, if it saves lives, it's worth it. And I understand that statement, that philosophy. I'm just telling you, it's a dangerous philosophy. Correct. Because, and that was the point of last week's show. It was this. It was when we start to take away individual liberties. Right. Where does it stop? And I've got a question that I want to ask everyone. And I suppose it's a rhetorical question, but you can tweet us. I would be fascinated to get your responses because I've been asking this question face-to-face to everybody I meet with. If we can mandate that you wear a mask mm-hmm. to save lives, right? then if a vaccine comes out tomorrow, can we mandate that you everyone gets the vaccine? Theoretically, based on the thought process right now, yes. 
or maybe a better question because I wanted to be rhetorical. Should we be Sorry. able to mandate to mandate it? And if we shouldn't be able to mandate it, why not? Right. And if you don't get the vaccine, if we had the vaccine, should we be able to know who's not vaccinated versus who is? Right. Should we be able to put like a scarlet A on your shoulder? Right, which then you're going to turn around and argue that goes against HIPAA laws and you're invading my privacy. But the and when we go with this, if it saves one life, I get it. But then you go down that rabbit hole of, well, if the flu shot saves one life, right. why isn't that mandatory? Or what about, I'll bet you there are children who, who are killed each year by getting hit by a car in their own neighborhood because they ran after their kickball. Right. And by no means, by the way, I hope no one takes a text out of context here. I'm not saying this is what should happen. But if it saves one life, if that's going to be our argument, then I have to ask you this question. If children are killed each year, and I don't have a stat for you. I'm just making an assumption. I'm sorry. I'm assuming at least one person is killed each year in their neighborhood by being hit by a car. Right. Then maybe we shouldn't have cars in a neighborhood. Maybe we should make a parking garage outside the neighborhood and everyone should walk. Right. I mean, it'd be healthier. Technically, yes. Walking would be better. If it saves one life is a dangerous proposition. I don't have a good answer here. And the the thing that pretty much everyone in opposition to this has said, but Mike, you would feel differently if somebody, if you were personally affected by this. And I was told a story today about somebody whose coworker has lost three people in their life. And I thought about it and I go, you know what? I, I get it. It would feel differently, but I don't believe personally, I don't believe in the death penalty and that's a totally different rabbit hole. Can right. of worms. We're I not don't. going down that rabbit hole. But... I bet you I would want that penalty if somebody gruesomely mutilated. It doesn't even have to be gruesomely. Just killed my family. Right. It changes your opinion, but it doesn't change necessarily your your moral compass. It just changes the way you feel in that particular situation because you have emotions that are affecting you. Right. So I get it. If if one of our children passed from it, if somebody close to us passed from it, it feels different. But I do wonder where, what... What door are we opening? Correct. What door are we opening for those liberties to be away? And, I, and the other argument somebody told me today, and I'll give you this last thing, then we'll take our break, mm-hmm. was, but Mike, you know, um, when you say that people can see if you're not wearing a mask and if, if they want to boycott a business, they can. And they said some Facebook post about, I'm going to drink and drive. And if, if you don't like it, stay off the road. Because somebody had said, uh, I'm not going to wear a mask. If you don't like it, don't go to the store. And I thought about that a lot today. Right. And, you know, and they acted like that was, I won the argument. You know what? You confirm what I believe, though, that we all have liberties. Because guess what? When was the last time you and I went to a New Year's Eve party? It's been a very long time. And why don't we want to go? Because I don't want to drive home. When was the last time we took the boat out? We have a boat. We like boating in West Michigan. It's an awesome resource. When was the last time we took the boat out at night to watch the fireworks, which was spectacular seeing it from the water? Uh, it has been at least five years. If not more. I think it was eight. Yeah. So why don't we? Because we know that people do stupid things on the water and they don't look at it as drinking and boating. Because last time we were in Grand Haven and did it and it was a nightmare. Right. Well, yeah, it was terrifying driving back and we were not intoxicated. Have you ever, if you're a listener, have you ever been told this or told your kids this? Don't drive on the roads after midnight because nothing good happens after midnight. 
Are you not more careful if you're on the road at 2 a.m. thinking, hey, this is when all the drunks come out? Right. Do you try to avoid the road during those periods because of that risk? Of course you do. Right. If you can. So the rule is the rule now. It is. But I question people to let's think twice when liberties are taken away. And maybe it makes sense. I don't know. And that's that was never the argument. It was. Are you really okay with taking away liberties and forcing this? Because if we get a vaccine, can that be forced? And if not, why not? Right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Finances. I know you normally bring us in, but... Yeah, what was that? I don't know. I'm switching it up. So if you're... No, you're all gung-ho and fired up. If you're mad at us, if you're mad at the, the mask conversation, A, go rent Jim Carrey movie, The Mask, and B, find us on Twitter. <laughs> at Fireproof Show. No, I have to, I just have to say you get one end of the spectrum and then you get the other and it gets very frustrating. The whole entire school aspect was it's if it saves one life, wear a mask and then turn around and go, but we don't agree that private schools should be getting funding to help with masks for students and teachers. Right. I'm sorry, but if it saves one life, why aren't you giving them funding to help them out? Right. If it that, saves a life. The hypocrisy in the back and forth is driving me bananas. Yeah, we got to get back to the point where we can have constructive debates. Well, right. I mean, I you're mean, not really on Facebook or anything, but the number of people just blatantly cutthroat attacking. Well, and it's not just on social media, unfortunately. I saw an article earlier today, and here's the I, I found it during the break. It's from the Lansing State General Police. Mass confrontation leads to stabbing. Suspect fatally shot by Eaton County deputy. I didn't know he was fatally shot. He must have died after this morning, I guess. So what happened is at early in the morning, at like 7 o'clock in the morning, um, a guy in Grand Ledge went into a quality dairy. Now, quality dairy in in Lansing area is like a Westco over here. Right. And he gets confronted by an elderly man. I think he was 77 years old who confronts him in the store about not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was thinking earlier when I was saying, you know, at this point, the business is held responsible for that. Correct. I mean, you can still personally face a fine, but mostly the business is responsible. Well, it refi- I meant responsible for enforcing this. Right. Because you don't know what somebody's health is going to be. And just assuming it, I get it. He's looking at a 43-year-old probably going, come on, man. Right. If I can do it at 77, you can do it at 43. But you don't know what health circumstance that person has. You right. don't. And so anyway... Guy confronts him. The 77-year-old confronts the 43-year-old in the quality dairy. Again, that's like a Westco out here. And then the idiot, the 43-year-old, stabs the guy... In the parking lot. In the parking lot. So the 77-year-old dies, and now apparently the 43-year-old is fatally shot. Now, the police tracked him down in the car. He came out with the car with the knife. Right, I was going to say, I feel like he Uh, swung a few times at a police officer with the knife. I don't even know if he swung, but I mean, yeah. Doesn't matter. No. It's a tragedy all around. So, yeah, I mean, here here's examples where people are just, brr. Right. And we got to come together. I mean, 
think of how divided we are and our message last week about masks wasn't to divide more people over it was actually to bring people more together going we all have these liberties right and you know if you go into a store and you see 90 percent of the people without a mask you can choose to avoid that store right not the case anymore i get it but that that was the point and understanding when you give up the liberties where does it go well you found this story so talking about how um it's either end Right. Found this story about a small ice cream shop in Saugatuck. Well, and I said we should probably bring it back to finance at some point. But anyways, a lot of lot of small businesses are getting the PPE loans. PPP. PPP. Well, I don't know. Everything's got PPE, now. personal protection equipment. PPP, personal paycheck protection program. It's one of those things that all rhymes, that thing. And... Um, this just happened to pop up as I was looking at the weather for some stuff and a small ice cream shop in Saugatuck, which I'm pretty sure most of you would probably have heard of by now if you've been to Saugatuck. I didn't think I had heard it, but when you see the video, you'll you, recognize you know it, it immediately. Um, round the corner ice cream shop, she went to go check the, because they posted mm-hmm. who got more than 150,000 well, no, she something. got. If you listen to the whole video, she got a phone call from, from a reporter yes. questioning her on it. Yes. She applied for 20. She said she got somewhere around there. On the list of the recipients over 150, they have her listed at 2 to $5 million. Well, I found a video for this on WZZM Channel 13. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to jump in about halfway through the video, and uh, they'll tell her story. She applied for a loan through the federal government's Paycheck Protection Program and was approved in the second round of funding. We got a loan for under twenty thousand, um, and that was pretty much in line with what you know what we applied for. But when the government released the data for the PPP loans, it showed round the corner a seasonal business that employs mostly high school students receiving between two and five million dollars. <laughs> I was shocked. I think my jaw was on the desk. You know, I, Freeman has the receipts. Yeah, still, creates a lot of anxiety. And um, what process will I have to go through to get this cleaned up? Are they going to come back to me and say, well, this is what you owe? The U.S. Small Business Administration said there was no error in the data, but would not talk on the record. I think she should go back to the bank that did this and be like, uh-huh, I need, uh, you shorted me? Right. $1.98 million. Right. <laughs> that was million with an M. Right. But, I mean, it's not even... It's not even that. It's the fact that she only got around 20, call it right. 20. You have to use those funds for a specific thing. Well, you're supposed to. And if you don't, it becomes it, a loan. Correct. So fine. And she only got 20. Are they going to come back at her and give her a loan for two to five million and yeah. say, you have to pay this back? Like that is also going to sink her. Well, you know, and what I think, what I feel bad for that business is the fact that her business, because it got less than 150000 was never supposed to be revealed. Correct. It was never supposed to be on that list. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason, and I get it, part of the reason why they've released this is because there were uh, congressmen and women who were related or even their own businesses got money. Right. And so the public made... But you could have done that and said, hey, if you're in politics, we're going to let you know. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that Kanye West's clothing line got money. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro's restaurant chain, a Beverly Hills hotel. I think, didn't the Lakers get money as well? 
Yes, and then there was a lot of backlash, so I believe they paid it back. <laughs> this is the first time I've seen this. Loans also went to businesses that are tenants in Trump properties. So a renter got it, and now that somehow benefits... Yeah, whatever. So I, I don't even want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Right, yeah, well, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Which So I get part of why they did it, but I, you know what? I wanted to... You, you brought me this story, or you brought us this story... I thought it was a cool story because people are getting divided right now. Mm-hmm. If you're in Saugatuck, I think you should... I don't even like ice cream. A half hour later, I'm going to feel like... I don't I don't even want to explain it. It's just gross. Well, you're lactose intolerant. You could always get sorbet. How do you know they got that? Because I've been there. I've gotten sorbet. What's sorbet? Isn't that it Italian ice cream? Yeah, it just doesn't have milk in it. Oh. Well, my point was, if you're there, you know, they might get some backlash from people. Right. Like, how dare you take this amount of money? You're not even that big. So if you're there, go get an ice cream cone. Right. Give them a little extra tip. Right. Support these businesses. That's, uh, yeah. I just, I wanted, I thought, God, here's a business that might get all this negative attention and they have no business getting anything negative attention. Correct. They did nothing wrong. They shouldn't even have been released. Right. We should be saying we're sorry to this business. All right. So, uh, out came today a grant for small businesses in Michigan. It's called Mm -hmm. the Michigan Small Business Restart Program. Right. Now, part of the reason why we talked about that small business um, with the ice cream shop was you had said, you know, this is great, but maybe some small businesses aren't going to want to take it. If they think they're going to be, if their you know names are going to be released later. Well, not even that. If their names are going to be, you know, there's names getting released, it getting improperly tallied. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the one lady was told that she got between two and five million, what's not to say on the other spectrum that somebody got three to four million and it's only listed as fifty grand? Fair. I mean, yeah. Where do where do you work out the kinks? Right. Yeah. I guess I don't know. And so how would that work with... I'm thinking because the Michigan Small Business Restart Program is being distributed... The funds are being distributed through 15 local and nonprofit economic development organizations. That's a long way to say that. Economic development organizations. Right. Um, That it's going to be far easier to communicate with them if something like that, if it ever was reported. True, because they're given X amount and then they allocate X amount and it's on a smaller scale because you have however many places dispersing X amount yeah. of money instead of just it coming from one big pot. Right. So if it ever, you know, if it ever did come out, it's probably easier to communicate with them than it is the SBA. Right. So I wouldn't, you know, if you're a business that's struggling right now, I wouldn't use that as a deterrent. Um, I think we need to get around these small businesses. I, I saw uh, reading one of the articles, uh, it was negatively talking about some, uh, and it didn't name them, which I thought was good. Right. But it, it negatively was talking about, and even the law firms, you know, took some of this money. Here's part of the problem with giving stim. I'm against stimulus, by the way. I'm against it. Right. Because in 2007, uh, actually in 2006, Ford started uh, capitalizing and taking cash out of some of their um, lines of credit. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be cash heavy. Right. And they did that in preparation for an economic slowdown. Mm-hmm. And they were right. They got it right. And so they 
they didn't take bailout funds, if you remember that. Oh right. eight, oh nine, they didn't take bailout funds, but their competitors, domestic competitors, General Motors and Chrysler did. Correct. Now I'm glad I wasn't the one making these decisions. But I, so and I'm not discounting what those jobs meant. I'm just looking at it from a capitalist nature. That's right. it. For this. And that is Ford made a gut call. They got it right. And if Ford had been al- or if GM had been allowed not gotten a bailout, wouldn't Ford have captured some market share? Correct. And so here was the problem with the PPP loans is I looked at even in my industry and I talked to some people that I know are that I know but are competitors and some of my competitors took it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we were poised to not need it. Right. And we had had cash and and some good things happened and you know and I, and I can't say it's just oh we're brilliant, you know, um God works in great ways. Right. So there was great things that happened, and, and I can't explain how some of these things, boom, 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 and boom, all of a sudden, look, we're really more prepared than I thought we were. And I have no problem telling, if anyone wants to ask, well, Mike, did one of your companies take PPP? Yeah, we did, because I saw my competitors taking it. And then I go, so I got two choices right now. I can hunker down, I can get lean and mean, right? which was our plan, or, and then watch my competitors not have to do that. Right. They can continue to advertise like they have been. They can continue to, um, I, I don't know, I guess advertise. <laughs> I don't know. I act like I had more there. Advertise, but, but it's not only that. It's when you reopen back up and you haven't had the income flow that you yeah. were having generating business. It took a month to get the income flow back. Right. So that small amount well helped and, buffer. And the last three, four, well, more than that, five, six years, I've been, you know, structuring our income to where some of the things we do, you can choose to get up front. Well, I've been saying, no, let's take it trails. Right. And that's been frustrating, again, because I talked to other people, knowing some of my competitors don't do that. And, right. I, and I kept thinking, well, when things go bad, you're not going to have that income stream. Right. But I'm going to tell you, by taking the PPP loan for us, it allowed us to still use some of the vendors. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got some company cars. We we weren't driving. Right. I filled up a gas tank twice in three months. But you know what? I knew the the car place that we go to needed the work. Right. Sent them the cars. They said, hey, are you guys open? He said, yes, we are. Yeah. Limited capacity. Yeah, I go, yeah, here you well. go. Let's this, thing's, this thing's needed a taillight for forever, so why don't you go do it? Why don't we do oil changes? Why don't we do this? And, and I had them do some of the deferred, I shouldn't say deferred maintenance, but some of those pro- things. We still had the cleaning company coming in and cleaning our office. Right, even though you weren't using them. You know, we, we still had the, we have to have a Sirius XM business package because we own an office building to play, you know, the music. Apparently right. you have to have a special licensing agreement. We should have shut all that down. Right. And that would have been the plan. And so maybe I'm bi- I guess I am biased here that you want to judge some of these businesses. And quite frankly, I don't think anyone until t- I'm saying it now, I, I know this. None of my clients have asked. Right. I don't think any of our employees knew, but I'm okay with people knowing that, yes, we took this because quite frankly, pretty much everybody around me was, and we could have hunkered down, but this allowed us to keep every single person um, employed. Mm-hmm. Even though the work wasn't there, right? We didn't have a whole lot of calls because we were already being, we were already, our clients were already prepped for this. Well, right, and your clients, new clients, don't want to meet face to face. Right, they're in the age bracket where they were high risk. So, you know, I, I think what we have to do when you look at something like that is go: 
what were the rules? Did you follow the rules? If you followed the rules, cool. If you're mad at somebody for following the rules, change the rules. Right. And let's be more accepting of others. I go back to the people yelling at other people in a store for not wearing a mask. This goes both ways, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you're not wearing a mask, don't yell at other people because they ask you to do it. Right. And by the way, if you see somebody out there not wearing a mask, number one, you don't want to get stabbed. No. Grand Ledge is in a bad area. That's like a Byron Center out here. Right. So, A, you want your life. B, you know what? Give people a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're going through that day. You don't know what they've gone through that week. That you don't hour. know that they have had the worst day of their life and they get to the store and look around for the mask that's always in their car yeah. and it's not in their car. And maybe and it's yeah. the one time and right. they go, great, I got a 20 minute commute back home to go get it and a 20 minute, I just don't want to deal with it right now. Right. So on that note, it's a good ending spot. We appreciate you guys being with us again. It's always our pleasure. Until next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com.